a big sip. All right, all right, all right. This is Gabriela here with you. Another episode of The Big Sip, but this one, oh my gosh, I am too juiced to be talking about this right now. This individual, as you're about to learn, multifaceted, incredible story and journey to share, about to blow up the scene with an incredible new story and journey that he's about to share on a show that you're probably very familiar with if you've ever heard of Chopped. He's shaking things up. It is my absolute pleasure to be sitting here talking with Chef Solomon Johnson, chef and owner of The Bust Down, coming to you straight out of Oakland, California. Hello, hello, (laughs) hello. How are you? How are you doing? I am doing so good. Um, I can't believe that you're actually in this chair. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was so nervous to send you that DM on Instagram. (laughs) and i'm just like okay see this is what happens when we shoot our shot yeah it's all good no i'm 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 glad to be here thanks so much for having me it has been just so great getting to chat with you outside of the studio and get to learn a little bit more about you and your journey and more than anything i'm really excited to utilize this space here to really shape that narrative shape your narrative be able to tell people you know just about how you got here all of the incredible things that you've been able to do and and what you're still going to be able to do yeah it's exciting um you know this is a a a brand new chapter in my life Uh, i've been a chef for um almost 13 14 years now but i would say that this stretch in my career would be the most successful quote Mm -hmm. unquote so uh you know it's 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 an exciting time and i'm 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 more than willing to to share i love it so but talk to me a little bit about just like how you even started to get into the space like was cooking something that you were always about you said you've been doing it now for 13 14 years like how did you find yourself in this space yeah so um food has always been a part of my life um it's always i've always been around it my mom is uh amazing cook. She uh, was the one who uh, planted the seed and, you know, nurtured it and watered it. She's uh, always been uh, very supportive in the things that I pursue. Mm-hmm. But once I grabbed a hold of food, she was just like, we got to make sure that this is something that sticks. You know, my mom grew up on a farm in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. And, you know, that, that farm is still a part of our family lineage now. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, whole animals, cooking whole foods, like eating seasonally, always been something that my family has done and, you know, things that I still preach to this day. So it really started at home, I would say. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And I love to hear that your mom really wanted to nurture that more than anything uh, and try to help you push towards something that you felt you could creatively express uh, through food, which is, you know, an art form. It is a oh, creative so. expression and, so. and everybody brings their own element. You primarily really try to focus in on the, the Pan-African side of things and bringing in those Caribbean flavors. Absolutely. Forward. Yeah. So um, I, I, the, the rest of my family. So a lot of my family is from the Midwest and in the South, but the rest of my family is uh, from the Caribbean, from Jamaica. You know, uh, a lot of those uh, flavors have just been a part of my life, like forever. You know, I've been eating jerk chicken, curry chicken, like roti and, you know, rice and peas and stuff like that my whole life. So, you know, to finally get a chance to put Pan-African food uh, at the forefront mm-hmm. of what I've been trying to push uh, now, um, it's just been it's just been amazing because the feedback is just, you know, the, the lens of the food industry, I think, has switched from uh, predominantly... Uh, white lens to, you know, people are trying to tune in more to what black and brown chefs have to offer because of the culture that so many white chefs appreciate and, you know, they end up reaping the benefits. The credit for. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the term culture vulture before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really just comes from, you know, like a chef might go to Jamaica and have an amazing experience in the grill 
and find like a small like jerk chicken shack on the side of the road and then all of a sudden be inspired by what he experienced and then come back to the States and open a space and now all of a sudden he gets a Michelin star. Right. It's like what happened to the person that owned that little jerk shack that's been doing it for 45 years to feed their family. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. And where is that credit? And, right. and you know, how do you, how do you loop in that narrative instead of just trying to make it seem like it's your own? If you are that chef who traveled and then try to bring that back and make it your own. Right. So. You know, Cause a uh, chef's main responsibility is to maintain tradition. So I'm not necessarily going to say that all white chefs, you know, take ideas and run with them. Um, it's okay to be inspired mm-hmm. by the things that you encounter in your life. Uh, life experiences are supposed to inspire you. 100%. But um, I would say that, you know, you, it's important to do your due diligence, you know, give credit where credit is due. 100%. So I think that now that I have uh, reached a level in my career where, uh, you know, lots of publications are reaching out and um, I'm kind of more so at the forefront of what's happening in the food scene, kind of in Oakland right now. We're excited to be able to try to take some of that credit back. Yeah, and shine a light on it and, and show what you've been doing just this entire time in the last 13, 14 years, Absolutely. which is going to be phenomenal and it's going to be on display for everyone to tune into oh, yeah, come yeah, here in, yeah. in just a, a couple of weeks yeah make sure you tune in um to discovery plus if you don't have that downloaded go ahead get that downloaded now chop 420 will be available to stream as soon as it turns 420 so um, you know what i'm saying <laughs> we're, like, yeah. we're all waiting for that day to yeah, roll around everybody's already everybody's already waiting so you know go ahead and get Get your goodies, you know what I'm saying? Get your pre-rolls ready. and um, you Get know, your wraps, get your flowers. Yeah, get all, get all that in order and uh, watch me compete. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be a part of this famed one competition cooking show that is just like... So, so many people tune I mean, in, whether yeah. you're, it, you know, someone who loves food and that's what you do for a living and you live and breathe it, or you're just someone who loves to watch the competition, yeah. the competitiveness, the entertainment, yeah. um, or you just love to eat like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's going to be so great to just see it taken to new heights. Like yeah. no one has focused on cannabis cooking, certainly not on that kind of a platform. Not, so. not, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the Food Network is a huge entity uh, as far as a uh, uh, food culture and um, the consumption of food culture. So, uh, you know, I grew up watching CHOP. I've sent in applications to CHOP and, you know, guys, grocery games, Food Network stuff all the time. I'm also uh, an advocate for medical marijuana. I have my uh, my own medical card on, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I medicate for multiple reasons. So, you know, I think ultimately my views on cannabis might have maybe been uh, slightly hindering earlier in my career, but mm-hmm. it's also, you know, with the way that things are changing so progressively across the country with the legalization of cannabis, you know, it's becoming more of a household thing, a lot less taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, now making you know. space for something like this to be on national TV. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, with us with us having a streaming platform, you know, everyone has control of what they consume when, they sh- when they're streaming. Yep. If medical cannabis is something that you still disagree with, it's totally fine. You don't have to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the Food Network is giving Discovery Plus the opportunity, you know, because the Food Network is still very much so a family network and we don't want to affect anybody negatively with what we're doing. The the biggest goal for me with cooking with cannabis is to more or less break down the stigma around uh, medical cannabis. It's not just about, you know, finding some ditch weed and like putting it in some brownies and, right. like, you know, hoping that you don't have like a panic attack. <laughs> right. As uh, food technology has progressed and, you know, even the way that flowers and products have progressed in the cannabis space as well. Things have a lot more taste, I would say. There's medicated olive oil, Mm -hmm. butters and tinctures and things that you can use that are flavorless and dosed 
so that you can actually medicate properly and thoroughly with these products and not Control. just yeah and it's it's really and that's really what what this is all about is trying to show people that there are finer nuances and uh things like that 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 occupy the space as well it's not just about quote-unquote getting high i right. don't even really like using that word it's more or less like medicating responsibly so mm -hmm. you know for me breaking down those stigmas are are really important yeah. yeah and if you're able to do that in a creative space like food you know which so many people love that's and a universal language so 100 100 percent. i think this is going to change the narrative for uh cannabis cooking definitely um across the country yeah do you think that it's going to start to become more approachable if you know at the launch of chop 420 and even beyond that start seeing the the industry becoming more accepting maybe restaurants starting to launch everywhere or what do you really see happening here with this incredible space that you're at the forefront of so i'll tell you um you know i keep my eyes on the way that the laws progress across the country not just locally you know being in the bay area like uh, the bay area has been in a mecca for medical cannabis forever it's one of the few meccas in the world not just in our country you know I'm, I'm grateful for being able to occupy a space like at the forefront of the industry just being in the area but um you know seeing stuff like like new york has just recently made it legal so you know i see restaurants trying to figure out how to navigate that space mm -hmm. uh they do they they do have an interesting set of rules there's a thc tax in new york which is interesting but it does leave avenues for um you know small cafes and things like that to mm -hmm. maybe try to open up uh, there are other places that have made attempts, um, and it's just really about trial and error now. There's a learning curve that uh, not only chefs, but you know, restaurateurs and business owners have to learn how to navigate now that these types of opportunities are going to be available. You know, there's a, a space in LA that was uh, run by Lao Farms, if I'm not mistaken, and rent bongs, and you know, you can go there and eat and sit down and smoke a joint, and you know, it's all white label with the same products that they that they sell across the board. It's like what you have to purchase when you're there. I think those ideas are very good. But, you know, there's also the fact that a lot of people just can't afford to go to a space and, like, rent a bong for, like, $80, you know. Right. I mean? So, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of learning that needs to take place between the consumer and the provider. But I think that across the board that we're going to see a lot more cafes and restaurants and people that want to pursue cannabis cooking and cannabis weddings. Like, it's, you know, the, yeah. the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. I, I already start to think about, you know, as something like Chopped 420 ends up debuting here in just a couple of weeks, now that it's out there, I can only imagine people are going to look at that and it's going to start to change the conversation. And as you said, you know, there's so much education that needs to happen, uh, especially with the consumer. This really allows the space and the opportunity for those conversations to start taking place and for yeah. people to again like you said break down those stigmas it's not just about getting high it's a it's a true creative craft yeah. and when you can figure out the right way to do that and educate people on how to do that you only open yourself up to even greater possibilities and so you know you, you talked about seeing some cafes maybe starting to open up in the future and yeah. just all these are things and i think about during this virtual space right we the pandemic affecting so many people the one thing that i really start started seeing picking up were like all these virtual classes and yeah. whether it was virtual cooking virtual wine tasting yeah. whatever that looked like for people you know what is this now going to open up yeah. just for educational purposes like this like you said the sky is the limit yeah i have i have friends that are doing um you know virtual cannabis cooking classes where they're teaching people how to infuse food products different ways to uh, introduce thc into different food products like uh, olive oils and butters and things like that 
you know, uh, people are getting curious. We've had so much time to kind of like uh, dive into a more create. I would hope that people would would have taken the time to slow down and mm. and check in with themselves and, uh, you know, like understanding uh, why it's so important to uh, self-medicate. So the more people we can get on board, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I will admit, uh, I've tried cannabis cooking once and it was with some can of butter. Wasn't too successful with it, <laughs> but probably because I didn't know how to do it right. Yeah, so, so yeah, but, yeah, butter can be tricky. Um, if you end up burning the butter, then you That's end exactly up. exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, THC scorches at, uh, I want to say, 350 degrees. So, um, you know, it's important to add another fat to butter to stretch the smoke point so it doesn't burn so fast. Um, I use butter like um, like I'll mix it into something like um, I'm more into making sauces mm -hmm. when I do infusion. So a lot of my stuff doesn't require cook time, mm. just more or less blending. Yeah, because I like to I like to keep the food as pure as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can add sauces as you go and that's one thing that i try to preach to people that do infuse your food yeah don't overdo it because you can't take it out you Very know what true. I mean? once you infuse something you can't take the thc out so it's better to keep your food plain and like make a batch of a sauce that you know has a certain amount of thc in it and then just do like a spoon and then like micro dose your way through it because nine times out of ten the people that have bad things to say about food products that have been medicated are people that didn't know about the dosage that's very and they true end up having bad experiences yeah because edibles can be they can be very overwhelming especially if you're not prepared for it or if you've never experienced it before so and I, if you take to you consume too much too yeah yeah, yeah it'll it, it's fat soluble so it takes a while to work its way out of your system it's uh you know i, I always say uh like if you have a four dose cookie turn it into eight cut it in four and then cut your four pieces into halves you know what i'm saying and like mm -hmm. so you can gauge your way through it before you you know, shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What was, what was that whole experience like for you? Uh, if you can talk about it, like going through filming through chop 420 and knowing this is something that you again, get to be at the forefront of what was, um, what were some of those cool experiences or what did that look like? It, for was, you? Very, it was very exciting. You know what I mean? Uh, the experience did wonders for my confidence. I feel really good being able to be a part of something that's going to be consumed across the country. Mm. It is very gratifying to finally get a chance to be on a stage that I felt as though I should have been on for quite some time. Mm. It was a it was a lot of fun. It was exhausting at some points. It was very overwhelming. But you know, as a chef, you work in high stress environments um, often. You know, pretty much every day we spend our time on our heels and on our toes. Mm. You know what I mean? We're playing offense and defense at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it didn't take long for me to adapt and, and get comfortable. It was a lot of fun, but um, I can't really talk about too much. Right. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll just have to watch and uh, yeah, tune in and yeah, actually so see make, everything go down on 420. Make sure you tune in. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, they got that Discovery Plus uh, for $5. You know what I'm saying? It's $4.99. Go ahead and get that. And they got the 30-day free trial. So you can go ahead and download that the day of. And, the day of. And delete that thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and hop in and delete it if you don't want it. But no, nah, um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, tune in. Make sure you guys tune in. It'll be great. It's a it's a great thing for the culture right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to watch it. So before Chopped 420 and all of this uh, awesome success that I know you're you're reaping the benefits of right now, uh, you were talking to me about Foros doing interviews with you, ABC. I yeah. mean, that's so great. Before Chopped 420 happened, walk me through how you initially got into 
into cooking and being able to start your chef career? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that it's it started at the Art Institute in Philadelphia. You know, I started going there in about, man, it was like 2008, 2009 um, when I started uh, my culinary management program there. I was there for maybe two or three years. Uh, started working with the Star Group. Steven Starr is the owner of that restaurant group. They bring like uh, premier food concepts to cities that are like lacking, I don't want to say cultural diversity, but like different eating experiences. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people love like P.F. Chang's, right? But like in Philly, like you'd have to probably drive like two hours to find one somewhere. Gotcha. So he will create his own concept that mirrors that and put it right downtown. So what ends up happening is like uh, he has like the owner of Budokan. Like there's two of those. There's one in mm -hmm. Philly, one in New York. He owns Morimoto. That's a huge mm -hmm. restaurant. With, um, We've got one right here in Napa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know who Chef Morimoto is. He's yep. an amazing chef. Had an opportunity to shadow him a few times when I was oh. in Philly. You know, uh, so these are the type of concepts that he creates and he's he spreads them. Um, across the country, uh, you know, he, he, huge restaurant group. They probably have 30, 40, maybe 50 concepts. Wow. Um, so starting there was um, exciting for me. I got, it's like steel sharpening steel. I was very young and uh, I just, you know, tried to absorb as much as I could like in the in the working field and just like apply it and move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting started in Philly and then like working in New York and absorbing as much food culture as I could. You know, my teachers really encouraged me to jump straight into the industry. You know, they told me to get out of class and get into the street and figure out how to, you know, make some things click. And You've got too much talent to be coming out with <laughs> yeah. thousands of dollars yeah, in student yeah, loan yeah, debt. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, they, uh, I, I actually remember the day I went to class and um, I was late. Ch child <laughs> Um, you know, I got, I got there almost 30 minutes late and uh, all of my chefs were in the class waiting for me, sitting at a table in the back. I came in and, you know, they had everyone else already working and they just pulled me into the hallway and they were just like, look, bro, like, you're working already. You're super talented. Like, mm -hmm. clearly school is not a priority for you because you've been 30 minutes late since school started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we need to figure out what's going to work out for you. We need we need to get you into the industry and, you know, um, making back all this money that you're burning up with these student loans. So yeah. they came up with a contingency plan and... You know, I followed it verbatim. You know, I was fortunate enough to get some advice from one of my chefs about following progressive food trends in the in the country. Mm. And he was like, you know, if you if you don't want to stay in Philly, there's other cities where you can go and you can really make a name for yourself. You know, New York, Miami, Philly being one, you know, more restaurants open per capita in Philly than I think anywhere else in the country. Never been there, but I've heard that their food scene is insane. Yeah. It's huge. Um, yeah, it's huge. You know, and then there's D.C., you know, that side of the country. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, he was just like, you can go to New Orleans, you can go to Austin, or you could go to the Bay Area or L.A. And I was just like, man, it's just something about the Bay Area that kind of like resonated with where I was at at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt like it would be super beneficial for me. We're so blessed here with to have the microclimate that we have. Like, I think strawberries yeah. are like out of season, like two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, just the, the availability that we have for the produce is like nowhere else in the country. And it's yep. Yeah, with Central Valley right here yeah. and it's everything it's huge yeah, it's just huge for food and i just felt like if if i was going to make a name for myself it would have to start here because it would last you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't just be like a moment in time if you can break through here then you can you can do it anywhere some of the best chefs in in the world come out of the bay area who inspires you 
Uh, oh man, um, I mean, I have a list of people that I could, you know, go down. I, I mean, like right now, you know, I think the best chef in the area, I mean, obviously is Thomas Keller. Mm. Um, you know, the French Laundry is an institution. You know, he's just set the bar for molecular gastronomy and, you know, just the way that the entire dining experience is just, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll put him at the, at the forefront. You know, molecular gastronomy isn't something that I do often, but you know, I come from a classically trained background. So, um, you know, fine dining and things like that are, they, they come second nature. And it's, and it's a huge part of our food program as well at the bus down. Other than that, if I had to scale back from fine dining to a more casual thing, uh, Matt Horn, huge inspiration, a good friend of mine, uh, owner of uh, Horn Barbecue and uh, uh, the Horn Hospitality Group, biggest purchaser of proteins in the Central Valley, uh, amazing businessman. His attention to detail and consistency is inspiring. Consistency is the only thing. You know, you can't train a community of people to accept a food product that changes Every day. Every day, yeah. You know, so the idea is to be able to uh, curate a vibe that's the same every time. And he's really dialed in. Uh, he's got three guys from the French Laundry on um, on his team, actually. Uh, wow. three, three sous chefs that are stellar. And he's doing Central Texas barbecue. It's a live fire cooking. You know what I mean? He's got 1,000-gallon smokers, multiple, maybe five on the property. And, uh, you know, his production is like, if I could describe it, it's like a theatrical. It's, uh, it's like poetry in motion because yeah. wow. it takes it takes a lot you know what I mean I used to work with Matt um, I've done 22 hour cooks you know what I mean you you make your own charcoal you know what I'm saying like everything is from scratch wow so uh, and you, I'm sure that shows up in the food oh yeah yeah I mean I think his secret ingredient is time you know a lot of chefs cut corners it's hard to recreate food products that take a long time to make, especially when you don't have the time mm-hmm. to try to keep up with the sake of for the sake of business. Mm-hmm. Like supply and demand is something is the reason why chefs cut corners. But Matt has figured out a way to optimize his time. He always has time to make sure that his food products are executed thoroughly. So he's a huge inspiration, like nothing else anyone else is doing in the country. Other than those two, Nelson German, he is the chef owner of Alamar and Sobremesa. Mm. Um, uh, the only other Pan-African food program in the Bay Area that I could say is uh, trailblazing, other than what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um he is a New York native. You know, he's reintroducing food products that, you know, you grow up on, um, like living in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like he's from Washington Heights. You know what I'm saying? So like his food reflects that of the neighborhood he grew up in. Lots of Latinos in the area. You know what I'm saying? Like lots of little bodegas and poppy shops and stuff like that. So you can go into these spaces and, you know, you can get your, uh, you know, all your all your carne and, you know what I'm saying? like Everything all in one, yeah, one-stop shop. Yeah, a one-stop shop. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you're trying to get. Uh, like there's spots all throughout New York where, you know, you can get your hands on, you know, Puerto Rican, Dominican, like whatever. And uh, his his food reflects that. He's big on culture and keeping things authentic. And I think him being so genuine, not only to the people that he works with, but to the customer, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't really like try to dress up his food so much that you can't 
recognize it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he's just reintroducing things in a very approachable way, in a very grown up way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's uh, he's stellar. That's amazing. And so you actually mentioned, uh, and I'm going to have to go check out Sober Mesa because I've, I've been seeing oh, some, some incredible things about it's, that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, <laughs> it's like walking down the street in Oakland and then making a right into the front door and you're like in Manhattan. Like he very, he turned that space into something that, that the area needed desperately. Yeah, wow. Yeah, well, then it looks like I have a trip to uh, Oakland, right? It's in yeah, Oakland. Yeah, I have right a trip Oakland, to Oakland yeah. sometime here within the next couple yeah, of weeks. Got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> got to do it. Um, yeah, he's got he's got some amazing stuff in there right now for everybody. Like he's even got um, some amazing vegan stuff as well. Like he's he's working um, with Impossible. Uh, you know, they do the Impossible meat mm -hmm, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So he's got some. And you actually used to work with him as well, right? Yeah, you were yeah. yeah, I was the sous chef at Sober Mesa right before the pandemic. You know, the restaurant might have been open 13 days. I might have been there maybe five. Wow. Pandemic hit. We had to shut everything down. What was that like for you? Well, you know, for, for a chef that's been working as long as I have and not having, um, you know, you work for restaurant groups and... A lot of these, a lot of the places, you know, they're first starting out, they don't have much to offer you. So, you know, not having benefits and stuff like that. Uh, you just, you, you work years and years in the industry hoping that you can get a job where, you know, they want to take care of you. And um, he made that offer and, you know, he's just like, bro, it comes with all the bells and whistles. You know what I mean? Like, you'll be, you'll have a living wage, like you'll have benefits, like you'll have, you know, insurance, like all of these things are a part of what I'm trying to offer. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very grateful at the time. It was probably the best job offer that I'd probably ever been given. And to also be able to work with um, somebody who was black, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it made me feel comfortable. I haven't been comfortable in, in a long time, like uh, working in spaces because it's like, you know, people, you, you take a job and you do it and people expect you to do it and that's it. They don't really care about anything else yeah they're not there to learn about you and no. yeah so you know working in restaurants it's it's not for the faint of heart so some long days very long days i mean even now um i mean you know working as a as a chef owner i'm leaving from here and i'm going to work you know what i mean like so um <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like it's like it, it takes a lot it takes a lot of uh sacrifice and um like a lot of discipline but uh you know i was i was super happy to have to been a part of that network and that restaurant group. And we're still in contact with each other to this day. Like I was just talking to Nelson over the weekend. If we can close early enough, we go over there to get drinks before we go home. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Mike Dope. try to frequent the space. Like they show us a lot of love in there. Like it's still a lot of my friends from the industry in the area work there and everyone's bouncing back. Yeah. So it, it's, it's great that things are starting to come back like some uh, kind of normalcy. hundred percent. So then the pandemic shut, pandemic shut everything down and you were kind of left with, uh, was it just like, this feeling of I got to figure something out and that's how the bust down was created or walk well, me through how that well, came to be. Yeah. So I've always had a catering concept. It's called Omni World Kitchen. And, you know, I was still doing that full time, even working full time for restaurants, you know, wow. on my days off, like I, I would take private clients and, you know, I would try to do consulting in, in San Francisco for like larger restaurant groups that needed help revising menus or, you know, just trying to do what I can to stay active is you, you need so much money to live out mm -hmm. there. Just, Networking too, which yeah. is opportunity opportunities yeah. to connect with different people. So, so, you know, I was fortunate to have the catering company when the pandemic hit because I could still work 
for myself more or less. Mm -hmm. And before the pandemic hit, I mean, I had just come off of a huge job doing some stuff with JP Morgan and they pushed me through their network and I was pretty much book solid from like maybe two weeks before the pandemic, like all the way up to like September or October. Wow. And uh, I was book solid. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, everybody doubled back. They're just like, you know, we know we paid you for this, and but you know, we're not we're not sure how money is going to be working out with the pandemic. So we just mm. need to get, you know, I had to give everyone an eighty percent refund. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I probably lost like virtually good chunk of change. Yeah, I'd say maybe like almost like fifteen to seventeen thousand. Wow. I had to give back. So I almost had to let, just completely let everything go. I was fortunate enough to secure a microfinance loan for $10,000 that I just put into side projects to like create some kind of revenue. With everyone being home and online, I uh, created a, um, a merch line that did really well, selling aprons, dad hats, uh, crewnecks, uh, pocket tees, uh, that type of stuff, uh, coffee mugs, just like just stuff that anyone that was already a part of what I was doing and supporting me, just a way that they could continue to support me and just, um, you know, having tangible uh, products for people to consume on the internet was just the most important thing, I think, at mm -hmm. the time, because mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit, everyone was at home on their phone. Yeah. And we know you're spending money. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, that that worked out really well. And then, you know, I put a lot of that money into a spice blend that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. You can get that on 422. So, hey. Um, shout out to my boy, Trent. He's the owner of Spice Tribe SF, and he's the one who uh, helped back this project. He's the owner. So, um, you know, I came to him, we sat down and uh, I gave him a ratio for the spice blend it's like a organic like jerk all-purpose seasoning like no salt added mm. uh gluten-free organic um all all the bells and whistles you know what i'm saying so um, yeah if you're on that low sodium diet yeah get you your, can still yeah, be a part of it yeah get your, yeah get your hands on that you know what i'm saying make you some barbecue sauce in the house or something Ooh, there we go uh, so yeah man like you know i just i was just trying to stay as active as i could and just put out as much product as possible and i was fortunate enough to be able to make it through the entire pandemic without having to really take any private jobs or anything like that to put myself wow or anyone that's around me in harm's way. Yeah. Um, but as soon as we started to see some light in the tunnel, like people started to get bold and, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm just having a party for four or five people. And you know what I'm saying? Like I started picking up more of those smaller gigs and mm -hmm. just keeping my numbers low mm -hmm. and just jacking up my price to try to like compensate for the business that I had lost. So Yeah. And um, I think that people right now are more than anything trying to be supportive because they know they they know what the temperature and the climate looks like right yeah, now and yeah. the struggle that people have been going through for the last year, right? We just marked that one year anniversary. Yeah. And so it's like, how can we, how can we support? And I think that's a, a great thing. You know, if other people look at it and it's like, oh, it's a little too steep for me. And don't focus on that. Focus right. on one, what are you getting, right? You're getting an incredible level of service. Yeah. Like also too, like food is not cheap. And it's you add, put in labor behind that, like pay what this is worth. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then more on top of right. that. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you ask for what you're worth and then you, then you add tax, you know what I'm saying? hundred like percent. Uh, so, you know, I was fortunate for people to be so receptive. Like, you know, my network is vast. I'm blessed to have a, a tiny yet mighty following. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the biggest following on social media, but people are interactive. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, I don't, I don't do, I don't know what you kids is doing. Like y'all probably paying for followers or whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I'm saying? But, um, like my growth is organic. Um, it's, it's very much so real and I'm glad that the brand is, you know, taking off. Yeah. And it's about quality and not quantity anyways, Absolutely. you know, yeah, cause yeah, yeah. you want to make sure that the, the people that you do have in your circle at the end of the day are the right kind of people in Absolutely. your circle, the right yeah. kind of people who, when opportunities come up, they're like, 
I know exactly who who I can recommend you for X Y Z or oh this is such a cool thing I'm gonna loop my boy in onto this because I know that they like they would be stoked and like those are the kinds of relationships people should continue to to nurture and sustain yeah because it's all about elevating each other up yeah it's 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 huge and it's you know I think with the way that things are going now like it's only a matter of time before not only the catering company um, outgrows the the space that we have for it but also um, the other concepts that that my partner and I have been harboring and, and, and building on yeah. yeah and so let's talk about the bus down a little bit yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. so 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 the bus down is a pan-african uh, soul food program where we recreate classics in like a very unconventional way so so you know we have a jerk yard bird we have an adobo pork we have a sofrito that we do in house mm. that we do with seafood and uh we pair it with heirloom grains i have a relationship with some people in the adisto islands in south carolina wow. where we get our rice and beans and our grits. Everything is grown on the premises and, and processed and then sent to us. So right now we're getting Carolina gold rice and Sea Island red peas. These are both food products that are indigenous to West Africa. And they were brought to this country, braided in the hair of slaves brought here. So you guys are welcome for rice and beans. Um, so, <laughs> you can say it again. Yeah, so 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 those things, so those those food products are here because of the sacrifices that our ancestors made. So we use that as the base of our, like every, every entree gets rice and beans. Sea, sea Island red peas and Carolina gold rice in in the Carolinas is known as Hop and John. Mm -hmm. So every plate gets Hop and John, not only because it's a, it, it's a solid foundation, but I'm trying to just educate people about their history. History, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so, you know, we pair heirloom grains with organic proteins, Berkshire pork, cage-free chickens. You know, we, we break we break down all of our birds in-house. We use the bones to make stock. We don't waste anything. Wow. We also have a pickle program. So every plate gets pickles that we do. We do pickled carrots, watermelon rind, snap peas, cauliflower, romanesco, radishes, green beans. We try to keep everything super seasonal. So right, like we're breaking our spring pickles out now. And that's like a revolving door. Like we, we're always doing something different. So every like every bus down is gonna get different pickles. Like so was that's another cool thing that we do. Like we try to give people like FOMO, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like people like no two plates will ever be the same. Like you can talk about a jerk plate that you might have gotten you're like, oh I tried that pickle watermelon around in there and it was crazy. But the next plate might not get it. They're Interesting. Like, they're like, what? You had watermelon in yours? Like, bro, I had like a charred pink lemon and like some pineapple in mine. Like, how come I didn't get the watermelon? It's like, we're trying to get people like to come back around. They're like, bro, like we don't, we want to try that too. Yeah. So the pickle program is just something fun that we do to try to like get people to like chime in as often as possible so that they can try to like get their hands on some of these unique products. It's a great way to get people to continue to engage with not yeah. just your brand, but like all of the unique elements that you're bringing to the table through the bus down. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're, we're, we're really trying to like one, have a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Um, like recreating these food products and like introducing them to people in a way that they're not necessarily used to seeing it. Like the idea that I had for the, 
for the bust down was to create like an old school Carolina rice kitchen, which is basically like if you go to the Carolinas, you can go to a, a Carolina rice kitchen and they will serve you a meat, a protein and three sides. It's like tech in the South, they call them a meat and three. And it's basically like a place where you go and it's like a huge menu. You pick like your chicken and then it's like, oh, I'll take the yams, I'll take the greens, I'll take the mac, and then you just go sit down and eat and leave. You know right. what I'm saying? So I was trying to recreate like a Carolina rice kitchen and like combine it with the meat and three premise and then just like add fine dining flair mm -hmm. and um, just hope that people would you know, receive it with open arms. And so far, so good. That's amazing. Yeah, because you said the bus down isn't just food to go delivery service. Yeah. It's truly bringing this to go food, but you're raising the bar. Yeah, yeah. We uh, didn't want to just throw food in a container and send it out because that's what's, what everyone's doing. You know, we put so much care into our food products that we want to make sure that it travels well. So we had to figure out how to build out these food products and these containers to make them look good. So what ended up happening from that is all the publications in the area started finding out. They start ordering food and then they reach out to us and they're like, so are you guys like a fine dining restaurant? Do you have like reservations? Like, can we come and sit down? And it's just like, well, we can't offer that yet, but we can offer you an elevated food experience. You know what I'm saying? Like it can transfer to a plate if you wanted it to and it would still look amazing. And we're really proud of that. As you should, as you should. And you were telling me a little bit off air that you're operating out of this gigantic kitchen and yeah. where you're, you're making everything. So yeah. talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, so the Cloud Kitchen is basically a facility in East Oakland where uh, it's called, uh, either it's called Jingletown Eats now or uh, Oakland Food Hall. There's been some changes in uh, the people who run the building. So, you know, with those changes come new names and things like that. But the operating system inside of the building has remained the same. There are 200 square foot kitchen spaces that are in there. Like there's 42 of those kitchens. So we rent one space and we have the opportunity to attach our concepts to as many delivery platforms as we can handle. So right now we're attached to Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Chow Now, Postmates. That's amazing. I think there's one more. It's, uh, it's escaping me at the moment. But you can just, you know, look us up, order through whichever platform you're trained to, whichever one makes you feel most comfortable. DoorDash has our biggest delivery radius. We do not deliver all the way out here. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> was, that was going to be my next question. I was like, so does that mean I can get a plate for myself out here? <laughs> yeah, I wish, man. Um, we are trying to expand, but I think our next big business venture will probably be brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're trying to find out what's best for the brand. You know, um, yeah. this was a concept that Mike and I put together in November. You know, our growth has been insurmountable. You know, our like we had no idea that people would be grabbing onto things so responsively. But uh, we're trying to keep up with it as best as we can and, uh, you know, show people that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're here to stay. Good. And I hope you're here to stay because <laughs> I need to make sure that I go and get myself some Yeah, you got to pull up, man. You got to pull up. You got to pull up. What do you attribute a lot of that success to or, or what? What gets you excited about all the success that you've been seeing in the last several months? I think um, what what keeps me excited is, you know, it's just the feedback. I wake up every morning and, you know, we're getting messages from people that have ordered food and people are like feeding their families with it. Like, you know, what I'm saying people are sending me pictures like, oh, my daughter, she don't never eat vegetables, but she loves these vegetables. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's what it's all about. It's like trying to introduce the community to eating good food products. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we're outsourcing with farmers markets and we're trying to go. 100% organic and all of these things are a huge part of um, why our community is kind of falling apart. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no, there's not enough food literacy. Mm -hmm. Food literacy, food access, right? You think about food deserts, you think about right. like who has access to nutritional food. Right. 
And it's like where we are in in East Oakland, like the closest grocery store is like a Food Max or something like that. Like the food quality isn't really that great. You know what I'm saying? Like people go there because it's affordable and they can buy a lot of food to provide for their families. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like that Mm -hmm. store more or less is like right in the middle of the hood. So, you know, for us to be located where we are and, you know, for us to outsource the way that we do, it's like we're trying to be like an oasis in the midst of a food desert. You know what I'm saying? Uh, A huge part of what we're doing isn't just about creating a food product, it's about education as well. You know, the more people that we can get hip to what we have going on, like the more uh, people we can affect positively with our food as well. You know what I'm saying? 100%, 100%. So how can people dive into everything that you're doing, support, connect with you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at Chef Swoop, Chef underscore S-W-O-O-P. Chef Swoop. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a link tree on my page where you can click that. Uh, the Bust Down's website is attached to that. BustDownOak.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, also, you can go on OmniWorldKitchen.com. That's my personal website. And you'll be able to keep up with all of the publications we have through the link tree. Um, you know, Infatuation SF, shout out to those guys. You know, they did a write-up for 11 uh, Black-owned businesses in the Bay Area. You should check out. Shout out to everyone over at Yelp. Um, you know, we're the second... Uh, hottest, trendiest place to, to order food from on Yelp right now. That's amazing. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, shout out to my homegirl, Annette Chu, for that. She's a Yelp elite. She's also a food photographer. She's come and taken some amazing photos and pushed our brand forward. You know, you can take a look at some of the stuff that we have in the Chronicle. We had a write-up for our beef patties. Shout out to my girl, Soli, for that. Uh, she's one of the top food writers in the Bay Area. Um, she, you know, she's amazing. Um, also shout out to, uh, Janelle Bitker. She's also a a journalist for the San Francisco Chronicle. She's, she's done a few pieces on us on getting vaccinated in the food industry and also on, uh, you know, some black owned business things, you know, highlighting our food. You know, we got a lot going on. Uh, shout out to Forbes. They just reached out, you know, all of these things were all in the link tree. So if you guys want to keep up with what's going on, you can follow me or you can follow my business partner, Mike Woods. He's also attached to everything that's on my page as well. We have a small team between me and him and we have a young lady running our social media. She's very stellar as well. Small but mighty. Tiny yet mighty, man. Yes, that's what it's all about. Um, We don't need a huge team to to cast a wide net. No. You know, we just need one good toss as a a team. (laughs) um, You know, we'll reel it in together and whatever we catch is uh, we're grateful for. Yeah. 100%. And you mentioned so many people in there who have been a part of, you know, stitching and and uplifting your baby and what you and Mike have been able to create, um, which is, again, why quality over quantity, right? Who do you have in your circle? Always making sure that um, it's people who are going to speak positive things about you, people who want to see you grow Mm -hmm. um, and reach new heights. And so I'm so stoked to keep absorbing all of that and to be there and and to be a part of it and and to watch your continued growth. And I just think it's so dope that you even made time to come out here and to to come talk with me because I'm just like, wow. Just reading all of those publications that have been coming out for me, I was like, this is guy is magic yeah i really appreciate that thank you so much you know i'm learning to be a lot more open and receptive to like some of these opportunities a lot of my mentors and advisors have been you know um, telling me to be uh wary uh, and be mindful of the people that i work with uh but you guys have great energy here you know what i'm saying it's 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 uh a pleasure to be here. You know, we've had people come all the way down from up here to get food. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had people come from as far as Santa Cruz to try our food out in Oakland. So, you know, the more the more people we can get aware about it, you know, it's just about casting that net 
the more people that know, the better. Like, I like to come up here on the weekends, but I'm sure people up here, <laughs> I, I'm sure people up here like to come down. You know what I'm saying? I, I was just in the city on Sunday, right. so I'm like, next time I got to make sure I'm going through Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, come and see us, guys. If you guys want to try something fun and new, uh, you know, we're the, we're the new kids on the block and we're shaking up a storm right now. Shaking up a storm, providing just some incredible cultural food, which, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I can do the fine dining and, and all the traditional traditional French Italian food it's delicious but I miss cultura like yeah. I miss culture in my yeah. music in the atmosphere and environment most definitely in my food and so being able to to see that you're out there doing the damn thing and yeah. and getting people what I love the most about what you said was there's this whole other educational side that's tied to it and it's just like really honing in on that and having people understand like culturally historically like where are those dishes coming from what are the roots that they're tied to yeah. and being able to like put that on a pedestal for people to yeah. just like see and absorb is just like it, it just gets me so excited for for what the future has in store yeah it's it's huge you know and i mean a lot of our a lot of the food products that people consider to be um soul food and um you know soul food is very much so americanized now like quote unquote mm -hmm. um but a lot of these food products are, you know, indigenous to, uh, you know, West Africa. You know, a lot of these traditions were handed down. And unfortunately, you know, when we were stripped from our motherland and brought here, we all we knew was what we had. So we had to figure out how to recreate it with what was here. A perfect example of a food product that people may think is more or less American would be gumbo. Mm. Um, you know, it has Creole influence and um, it, spent, uh, it spent the majority of its quote-unquote existence under the scope of the, the Creole soul food realm. When in all actuality, those stews are, you know, recreated from West African food products where, you know, uh, salt-cured seafood and stuff like that are, like, stewed for long periods of time with, like, whole vegetables like okra and eggplant and stuff like that. A lot of these dishes are just recreated. You know what I'm saying? And reintroduced in a way that's a little more um, palatable, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, in the Americas. You know what I'm saying? But like, we look at it like, if it isn't broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we, we do our due diligence with our research. We got all kinds of people that are like bringing us books. Um, shout out to my boy, Brian Terry. He's a, he wrote a book called Vegetable Kingdom that was actually given a James Beard. Wow. And, um, you know, he came to our kitchen and saw what, he was, what we were doing. And, you know, he's really excited about working with us in the future. He's just like, I'm proud of you two for bringing more black food to the Bay Area because there's not a lot of people that are that can stand like we, we're standing behind what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to whitewash what we're doing to be mm -hmm. accepted. Mm -hmm. We'd rather go the genuine route and just like, you know, the people that absorb it are the people that are meant to. And, you know, if you don't know, then that's on you. Try some and educate yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get hip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like, our food is very approachable. We say Pan-African. Like, we don't want people to think we're creating, like, a food product that, that they don't know about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, uh, you will start seeing more jollof rice and things that do come from Africa as, as the seasons change. You know, we'll be working our way into different diasporas um, as we move forward, so... That is so dope. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be right there eating every ounce of it. Hey, hey get, get your thrills. 
man. Come get you a plate. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can come down. Like, tell your mama. Tell your mama. Tell your mama. Yeah. Make sure you treat her. You know, Mother's Day is coming up here yeah. fairly soon. So yeah, we got to make sure we're always supporting in every, in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, man. Just pull up. We'll take care of you. You know what I'm saying? You have, like, a really, just hearing you talk, just, like, such a well-connected group of people. Were those all connections just, like, super organic and random? Or, like, have you just always, like, shot your shot and just so, ended up in these positions or so, like so i tell you the one thing that like i spoke to you briefly about being in philly and like you know my professors and stuff closely mm -hmm. like outside of the kitchen and outside of classrooms one skill set that i gave myself was just the art of perfect timing mm -hmm. i would say that i just so happen to be in the right place at the right time fairly often and that just comes from the work that i've been putting in in the different places that it's taken me mm -hmm. so you know i met chef nelson working at a uh, a restaurant where I was uh, responsible for, they had 30 items on their menu, maybe 17 came from my station. Like I was responsible for virtually 80% of the orders. So making sure that that was always on point if yeah. that's what you had control over. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I met him there, you know what I'm saying? And, and when I met him, he was like, you know, I've been watching you for a little bit and I'm really proud of what you're doing. He was like, you, like make sure you stay in contact with me and you know, any resources that I have that I can share with you, I will. You know what I'm saying? So the first time I met him, it was very brief, but he was very genuine. Mm -hmm. um, I met Matt the same way uh, through Instagram. I would be closing that restaurant that I was working at where I met Nelson, and it would be like maybe 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I would see Matt stoking his fire in his smoker. Uh, this is when he was still doing pop-ups right in front of his house. He was starting the food in front wow. of his house and then driving this thousand gallon smoker to pop-up locations where he would sell his wow. barbecue. So, you know, and I mean, he had lines that were like three, four hours long, you know what I mean? And I was just like, I don't think there's another harder working person in the Bay Area right now. I was going to say, talk about hustle. Yeah. For you to be up all day, like smoking this, smoking this meat. And it's like, two in the morning, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I fall asleep and wake up, it's eight in the morning and he's still in front of the smoke. Doing the damn thing and then, and then go going to, the to sell it. And he's carving all of the meat, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, bro, like this is, this is the definition of pouring your heart and soul into something. 100%. So, you know, um, I would say that, yeah, I, a lot of the people that I met, it was very organic, you know what I'm saying? It was just me showing love and people being receptive to it. Yeah. Because like, that's what the industry is all about. We're supposed to be trying to like, uplift each other it's mm -hmm. like a band of misfits you know what i'm saying like everyone more or less comes from like you know like we all walk different facets of life like some of us are married some of us have kids some of us don't have any of that mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like um you know i know a convicted felon who was uh you know he did 17 years for a a, a double homicide and he's one of the best fine dining chefs that i've ever met in my life like i've never i've never had a better Bernays or like Berblanc and, and this man has killed people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, it's like, um, in the food industry, you're going to meet people that walk different walks facets alive. of life. And it's just like the most important thing is to be open, mm -hmm. you know what I'm and saying? And genuine. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I've always stuck by that and it's, it's, it's just gotten me here. Is that the, is that like the advice that you would leave someone with? Who's like also just been trying to navigate their own space and figure out what the heck to do. You just be like, absolutely. I would say you know a lot of chefs try to figure out where their uh where their niche is or like what they can do to carve their own lane and i would just say instead of searching for something outside of yourself to attach to look inward mm. because i was um i was constantly searching for a way to quote unquote break out but you can't break out if you like stuck inside of yourself mm. you know what i'm saying so it's important to like double back 
and like figure out what makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? That's why the bust down is working out so well for me and Mike, because this is food that we grew up on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like stuff that we've like it's already been a part of our lives. And then it's like it also comes from things that have inspired us, you know what I'm saying? Places 100%. we've traveled, places we've gone, like things we've done. So it's like, it's all coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. The to, passion propels you. Yeah, you yeah. got like, it's it's it, like to any young chefs that are listening right now, like if you have a passion for what you're doing right now, then follow the passion. Don't follow the money because if your goals mm -hmm. are monetary, you'll be stuck in this game forever. You know what I'm saying? 100%. You'll be stuck in this game forever. You won't make the money that you think you will, like working at restaurants, even the ones that are nicer. Like, if you want to figure it out, you got to figure it out for yourself. And you just got to stay true to yourself. Because as soon as you start trying to do something that's not supposed to be a part of what, you, what, what you're supposed to be doing, then it's not going to work. And you'll be hustling backwards. You know what I'm saying? I'm so in awe by you. <laughs> <laughs> so much knowledge, so much wisdom, so much. I just, you're so genuine on the air, off the air. I loved getting lunch with you and just chatting it up with you and getting to learn about everything that's brought you to this moment. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just so in awe, like life experiences, how people find themselves in certain areas. And at the end of the day, even when, and we talked a little bit about, uh, about this off air, even when you don't know that all the steps that you're taking to try to push forward, that they're actually leading you somewhere, because sometimes you could be working at something for like five, 10 years and you don't like see or feel yeah. like you reap any benefits from that but you just keep going and like that's what you've always done you just always kept going forward trying to do the best that you could in everything that you were involved in and now you're here and that's yeah. not to say that we've arrived this right. is it it's like no not by any means we're yeah. young shoot there's yeah. still so I much still, more yeah, i still have a lot of, i still have a lot of work to do it's like you know um but i am happy for getting to this point because now it's like it's leading me to be to be able to do things like this you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um to be able to spread the message is priceless for me right now because yeah. for the longest like i can only talk to you know like my colleagues and shit and, and get them riled up about how i feel you know what i'm saying it's like Planting a seed is great, you know what I'm saying? But like now, all the seeds that I planted, I can water, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I have this huge platform now where I can affect so many more people in a positive way. That's really what, that's what, is, that's what all of this is about, you know what I'm saying? Like even as our business grows, we want to try to get some prison reform going, you know what I'm saying? That's like, amazing. Like the, some of the guys that, like I know for a fact, because like I told you, I've worked with felons, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, in kitchens my entire my, my entire career, there's mm -hmm. always been at least two or three felons in the kitchen space. You know what I'm saying? Hardworking men. You yeah. Know, they've done their time. Yeah. And they're ready to make a change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody lot, deserves the opportunity to do that. And a lot of people won't hire a felon. You know what I'm saying? Because of the stigma attached to whatever they did. And it's like, with us being like a 100% digital space, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing that they could steal from us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's nothing that they could do to harm what we already have. Like, we can all we can do is help them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, if you need a job, like if you just did some time, like, you know, and I'm even saying this now, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we do need hands, you know what I'm saying? We do need prep. Like we need people to come in and, mm -hmm. and help us out. Um, Take this to the next level. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, um, things are growing and we need someone to, to grow with us. And it's like, you know, like if, if anybody, if you hearing this and you got locked up and you can't get a job. Like it's hard for everyone to get jobs right now, especially because of the mm -hmm. pandemic. Come holla at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like it's a safe space for you. I'm not going to judge you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to turn you away. Bro, just, you know, bring me your resume. Like, 
clean yourself up, get a haircut, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just get come, ready to work. Yeah, just come holler at me and I, like, I, I have an opportunity that could help, you know what I'm saying? It might not change your life, but it'll definitely send you in a direction where you can be able to try to make something happen for yourself, you know what I'm saying? At least we can put some ducats or something in your pocket and you can figure it out, you know? Love it. Yeah. So Amazing. It's all, it's, 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 that's, that's what it's all about. Like the prison reform, like we want to teach kids like how to grow their own food. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot, a lot of plans. You know what I'm saying? Like our our vision is ambitious, but just because it's ambitious doesn't mean it's not possible. Hundred percent. And you, know you and and the sky's the limit. You know that's what we've been talking about, yeah. and everything that you've been able to see grow so far. It's it's don't limit yourself on your own goals. Allow your yeah. work to just navigate you into that next direction. And it's it's funny you say the sky's the limit because I've actually been trying to tell myself. That, that it's not yeah because like that like you're limiting yourself when you say mm -hmm. it you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying when you say the sky's the limit you're putting yourself in a box yeah so it's like that's true and that's like right now i'm at the point where i'm definitely breaking breaking through mm -hmm. so i don't want to put myself in a box you know what i'm saying like we like right now like our limit our potential is limitless you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so we're just trying to um we're just trying to like take in whatever's best for for the brand for sure. Yeah, and if you are in a position where you can assist with that, whether it has to do with grants, funding, I mean anything. Uh, again, he he put out his contact information right there on Instagram. Feel free to DM him, Chef underscore Swoop. Yes. Um, you know, because again, visions are great. Let's try to bring them to fruition. And yeah, if you're absolutely. in a position to be able to do that, uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to connect. We're here to make sure that we can keep keep this growth train moving forward i appreciate it too like thank you so much like this is amazing um you know uh i haven't had an opportunity to do a radio interview in a while the last one i did i did right before i moved from dc out here um and it's crazy because a lot of the plans that i spoke on trying to bring to fruition in that last interview um they're actually they're here ah, you know goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Last, like they were asking me what i was going to do i was like i'm going to move to california and i'm going to open a restaurant and they're like do you have the resources and i'm like nah but like you know what i'm saying that's temporary mm -hmm. like um the idea the, the idea is to just work towards the goal and not think about how to connect the dots just put the work in to do it you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like and the dots will connect themselves absolutely as long as you stay active and it's like you're serious about what you want it's like you know what i'm saying like me and my boy we didn't have a ton of money mm -hmm. to figure this out but like now after we've gotten into the space and put the money into everything i mean we've we've accrued like well over fifty thousand dollars to just to start it all you know what i'm saying just to get it all phenomenal started. yeah yeah so it's just like that that money uh manifested itself through our desire mm -hmm. for the success of this this project and, and nothing else you yep. know what i'm saying yep um like uh we have a we have a tribe of people that are that are around us that are supportive you know what i'm saying so like we're fortunate we're, we're, we're so fortunate to occupy the space that we do. I'm amazed. Y'all heard it right there. If you happen to be in the Oakland area, make sure you are looking into your Grubhub, your Uber Eats, whatever platform you utilize because it's available to all, all of, of them. them. All of them, man. You can pull up and pay cash too. You can slide in my DMs and ask me what you want. What's up? Pull up. <laughs> pay cash only if you slide in the DMs though. That's, that's the only thing, man. We ain't taking no cards, man. Cash only. But like if you got, if you got a card, man, it's cool. You can just, you know, you can you can also place your order through all those platforms to pick up you know what i'm saying if you want to get a chance to like meet one of us uh just let us know you know what i'm saying like leave a note in the description for your for your order one of us will bring it right out to you you know what i'm saying you get a chance to say what's up uh our time is very limited because we are very busy we sell out every day damn near 
So, you know, pre-order if you can. Get those orders in. We're, we're here every day except Sunday. Don't call me on Sunday. His is off day. It's his self-care Sunday yeah, day. Nah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be up here drinking wine on Sunday. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I'm about that. The bus down. You heard it. Make sure you're following them on Instagram as well. Make sure you're following Chef Swoop. Uh, and make sure most definitely two things coming out on 420. And I know you all want to be celebrating. Yeah, the first, of course, your phenomenal spices that are going to be made. Yes, which by yes. the way how do we get access to those so <clears throat> the spice blends will be available i'll probably have a link for you guys to consume those um it'll be attached to my instagram but you can also go follow spice tribe sf on instagram they have a website as well where you will be able to uh get all of that retail purchase directly from them yeah, you'll Dope. be able to purchase directly from them and i'll probably have a promo code for you guys to use so don't just go on the website and um <laughs> just buy it use my promo code because every bottle that you consume with my promo code you know what i'm saying like i'm donating some money uh, not only, you know, to my own pockets, but to uh, the Oscar Grant Foundation. So y'all make sure that y'all tap in with me so we can, you know, we're trying to be philanthropic over here. Look at this individual. You know oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so make sure y'all tap in. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, obviously small business needs capital to survive. But it's like we can only get so far if our goal is strictly monetary. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to stay as community based as possible. Like, yes, we need the money, but we need your support more than anything else. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like the the vision is more important than the success of the business right now. Mm -hmm. So y'all just make sure y'all tap in. And support, yeah. follow, share, yeah, taste share. it, try it. Yeah, man. And I'm tune telling. in on 420 tune to that in. incredible Chopped tune 420 in. show. Tune in, tune in, man. I'm trying Discovery to see if you Plus. win. Hey, I'm placing hey, my bets on you. Hey, just, just <laughs> tune in, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be an exciting show. Like, I'm really excited to, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, there's a lot of amazing chefs that are, that are, uh, that are on there. There's five episodes that are going to be airing. They're all an hour long. So, you know, make sure you take a little time out of your day. You can roll something up if you want. Hey, just Pour yourself a little some, wine. Something slight. You know what I'm saying? Just get get yourself together. Like, don't fall asleep. <laughs> get you a sativa. You know what I'm saying? Get you a little sativa or something. Get you a little stimulated to have you on the edge of your seat. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, hey, and then if they have a plate of the bus down in front of them, you've, you got, go, you've got your bring, food. Bringing it full you've circle. got your bud. You've got your wine. you got it's, a good show. There it is, I man. mean, that's like a perfect day it's to me. perfect. Yeah, it sounds perfect, man. You can make it a date. You know what I'm saying? Invite your girl or your guy over. You know what I'm saying? Order you some bus down. Get that jerky art bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't get the jerky art bird, it might be sold out. But the spice <laughs> blend is available, and you can make it for yourself at home. Oh. Just add a little salt and pepper to the chicken, and then a couple tablespoons of the spice and you're good set. to go, man. You're all good. <laughs> no one has to miss out, man. The, the opportunity is yours and yours alone, you know what I'm saying, to be able to pull up and pop out and holler at me. So it's all good. I love it. Chef Solomon, thank you so much no, for your time, you. You. for all of just everything that you're doing. And you and I are definitely staying connected. And yeah. we're going to we're gonna see where we take it from here. Yeah, man. Tap in. It's all good. Like, I got to get you some food. <laughs> yes. You got to cook for me. I got you. I got you. It's all good. I got you. Big sip.